All right. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is uh, your host, Patrick Williams. Tonight is the 18th of November. We're coming to you after the Razorbacks uh, demolishing in, in Gainesville in a game that somehow is not as close as a 62 to 35 score would indicate. Um, and we may differ on that amongst the crew, but we'll get into that pretty quickly here. Uh, full crew tonight. Uh, welcome, Tom Logan. Thank you, Patrick. And welcome, Jimmy G. Thank you, Patrick. And welcome, Johnny Fayetteville. Just feel good to be on time this week. All right. Johnny, going to jump to you first. Uh, the game in Gainesville, just your lesson of the game. I mean, what, what do you take away from what happened on Saturday night? Well, Florida's pretty good and uh, real good, in fact. And they um, – uh, we're just a better team all around. That we had no question, no answers for them defensively. Um, you know, with a quarterback as as good as Trask, you know, we 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 didn't blitz a lot. We did a lot of our standard three man fronts, and he he just had time and picked us apart. And they had a lot of talent, obviously at wide receiver, even without Pitts playing. Um, I, I they just had us outmanned, you know, across the board. Offensively, our defense just just couldn't come up with a stop. I think uh, Florida punted one time. Um, you know, just they're, they're just a good team and uh, had a good game plan for us. And you know, I think we showed quite a bit of respect to them. You know, not wanting to get beat deep and kind of our our, our uh, plan of attack all the season defensively has been to and make you matriculate the ball down the field, and not not make a mistake. Well, they did it, and over and over and over. And um, got some big plays on us still. Uh, and we just didn't have any answers defensively. We did a lot of good things offensively. Um, we had a 100-yard rusher, had good balance, over 200 passing and rushing. Uh, did some good things, probably too many penalties. Um, you know, didn't dominate the turnover battle. I think we had a, gave up a scoop and score, but also had a pick. But um, to me, the game, we, we did some good things offensively. Anytime that you can put 35 on the board and you're really never in the game. I take that back. There was one time, the start of the second half, where we go down the field, we score, cut it to 14, where I thought if we can make a stop, maybe we can get back into it. It never really happened. Was, um, that, was this 35-21 at that point? 35-21. And then we, we, I think we had them you know, almost in a punting situation. I can't remember the sequence of plays after that. But that was probably our Waterloo um, – and, you know, I, I, our defense just didn't make enough plays to, to have a chance to win the game. Again, if you're scoring 35 and are never really in the game, um, it's pretty easy to figure out kind of what happened. Tom, to you next, a little bit of an outlier. You know, this whole season, defense has been the strength. Offense has been playing catch-up a little bit. Um, this time, you know, Florida was kind of a hot knife through butter. Um, against the Razorback defense. What do you think happened other than what Johnny's already covered? Yeah, I mean, um, um, I, I thought they had a very good game plan. Uh, they really committed to the run early on, and we weren't able to get them into third and long situations early in the game. Um, they got a lot of third and two, third and three running conversions uh, they were willing to roll the dice a little bit because we weren't really getting any penetration. I thought the offensive line for Florida played a great game. Even when we blitzed, 
Um, we never even got close to getting home. And Trask just, you know, Trask is too good to let sit back and, and pick apart. And he made some great, great throws. Uh, he's obviously got a great command of that offense. And, you know, he he didn't make any errant throws. And we really didn't – we weren't able to pressure him uh, in such a way that, that would force the issue. So, um yeah, you know, I think they – I mean, they were just they were just better and the offensive line controlled the action uh, from their point of view. And he was just able to – you know, Trask is a, is a Heisman uh, contender, and he showed it. Uh, and they had uh, – they've got good, good offensive weapons. Um, and, I, you know, it was going to be a – it was going to be a big lift regardless, I thought – that the uh, the offense did play pretty well, um, but again, you know, it's you just we just couldn't get off the field, um, and I don't, you know, beyond the fact that they were just better than we are, I think it may just be as simple as that. Yeah, Jimmy G, you know, the controversy, I guess, if if there was one, Barry Odom having to act as the interim head coach while Pittman was out on COVID. Did that affect the defensive game planning? Did that affect the defensive coaching? Uh, probably not. I would – I mean, I don't know. Somebody else may know more than me. I don't – if there's been anything about that, I, don't, I haven't heard it. Um, I just – I got to agree with Tom and Jimmy – or Jimmy, Johnny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, – I mean, Florida's just better than we are. And um, – then you know the matchups you could see when even we had okay coverage it was like we weren't gonna we couldn't stop the play because their receivers were just it was like a&m receivers too they were just too big you know it's a physical mismatch was what was going on and so you know it's whatever game plan you had for their offense wasn't gonna work with the talent we have so um you know you take your shot and uh to let them move the ball down the field, like Johnny mentioned. And then once you get tired of getting drummed over the head with 13, 15 play drives and start bringing guys up, then they hit big plays. I mean, it's like, so, I mean, we just, there's nothing we were going to be able to do to stop them. Um, the only thing that, uh, that concerns me is, you know, when we played, we played a similar game and uh, we've had more success, obviously in Pittman's first year. Uh, we played a similar game against Alabama at Razorback Stadium in Morris's uh, tenure when it was similar score. Our offense moved the ball, and a lot of other teams were moving the ball in Alabama. Everybody, like, oh, this is what we've got. This is what we've got going. But um, and. It was, it was here there's more again uh, and we're terrible so uh you just you know the goodwill it's is it's still there which is good I mean, it's Pittman's first year he deserves it um, so, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when we don't play teams that are south of this Florida, and that's coming. 
and uh, the situations are going to be a little different. Um, I'm not going to step on any previews of the LSU game, but um, anyway, that's I just don't think we had much of a chance against Florida going in there. And I'm only sad that my schedule is a little off this week, so I wouldn't leave for work as early as I normally was. So I missed out on the part of the uh, radio show I listened to where the the callers that I've gotten to know in that 15-minute stretch uh, were all just cocksure that we were going to uh, roll the game. I'm sorry I missed their time. A uh, little bit of trouble hearing you there, Jimmy G. So didn't didn't catch a ton of that other than missed the radio show and, and didn't have uh, weren't able to hear your favorite callers after work. So um, I think we got the gist of it, though, you know, that what you thought about about Odom and just Florida being better. Uh, don't think we'll have any doubt. I think that's kind of what the SEC Network guys were saying both on the broadcast and, and in the, the studio there. Um, you know, sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw. I frankly expected a lot more buzzsaws this season than we've gotten. <clears throat> really the first game that we haven't been competitive. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy G, first game in which the Razorbacks have not covered the spread. Um, correct. So Ooh. that's uh, – that'll tell you something. I mean, we're still in my view, at least playing with house money a little bit. We've, we've done much better than anyone's expectations. Even the most rose colored hog fan didn't have us winning three games and really should have been four. So um, down the stretch, we've got a little bit of a mixed bag here playing LSU this week, which we'll get into that, and then the Missouri team that is shaky, I guess, is the right word, and then we finish up with Alabama. So, uh, big issue this week to you, Tom, uh, the Razorbacks' health status. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, we lost Debian Warren uh, to an ACL in the Florida game, which – is, is really disappointing given um, that he had been a, a serious weapon for our offense. And in fact, um, probably the, the second most explosive player this year behind Burks um, and, uh, and, and had really come alive his senior year as a fifth year senior. So that's, I know disappointing for him. Um, he may be one of those guys who comes back for a sixth year of uh, final rodeo as it were in, uh, in COVID times. Uh, so that's, that's a big issue. I, I did see that there is one unnamed COVID positive uh, Patrick, I think uh, so far. And I don't know where that's going to leave us uh, tomorrow. I think there's more tests um I think they, they test on Tuesday, Thursday, and what, Saturday, or I can't remember how they did it. But in any event, um, I think the Tuesday test results may come back tomorrow. So maybe we'll know, um, we'll know something about whether we're going to lose some more guys. 
um, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's a big, big issue and a big, big question mark. Uh, we didn't have Hudson Henry uh, last week. Uh, hope to have him back. And um, I'm probably missing some people, but that's kind of what I, what I can remember. Uh, Johnny, just kind of looking ahead to LSU, a weird LSU team. I mean, obviously they're defending national champions, although in no way does it feel like that this year. It's, it feels, in fact, like the opposite, like they are coming off a, a bad season. So uh, what do you make of this LSU team coming in to Fayetteville this week? It's uh, it, They've had a mixed bag from a lot of different angles. Um, you know, they had a lot of – they had a very uh, senior-laden team last year. A lot of guys left to go to the NFL. Some guys left early. They had quite a few guys, a couple of receivers especially, that uh, declined to participate this year, opted out, uh, that are heading to the draft. So they really got decimated from what they had last year that went 15-0, and won a national title. Uh, just lost a lot of parts from a, from a football angle. And then they, they've been hit hard multiple times with COVID. Uh, if you'll remember back in the summer, they had a, one of the larger early outbreaks, I think with 30 of their guys tested positive. And I think they've had several, and I, I don't think they've played since Halloween. I think that's right. And, you know, so they've, they've, they've I don't know. They're, they're, they've just had a lot of hurdles from a football perspective and a health perspective. Uh, and obviously, Miles Brennan likely, you know, done for the season. Uh, T.J. Finley's going to step in. Kind of an unwritten book, really. Young guy, very talented. So we just don't know. I, I really don't know what we're going to get from LSU. They've they've been good uh, at times defensively, and at times they've been putrid defensively. So I, I don't know. It's a true mixed bag. Now it, the Razorbacks have also been a mixed bag of their own, uh, with some good and some bad, but. Uh, it's kind of what makes this game kind of interesting. I, I don't know if the odds makers know what to think about it. We started out, I think, a three-point favorite. I think now LSU's a two-point favorite. So it's it's moved, not a, you know, not moved three touchdowns, but it's moved a good almost a touchdown uh, in LSU's favor. So who knows? It's just a – this is a crapshoot game in a lot of ways to me because both teams have looked good. Both teams have looked ba- bad. I think the Hogs have looked more consistent and look like we're more on the upswing. It's probably because, you know, we, we've played more games and LSU's had a little time off. But I, I will say this. I do think that as far from a, as a consistency standpoint and a, and a steady progression standpoint, um, we've, we, we've been a little bit better, and that gives me a little more confidence. But LSU's really talented. Real, LSU's really talented. We all know that. Um, We'll see who shows up. Jim G, I'm going to let you have final word on, on LSU, obviously, with another shot at it when we do the picks. But uh, just kind of your overall feeling about LSU this weekend. I, I agree with uh, a lot of what Johnny said. I, you know, you really don't know what, what to expect. You also don't know um, who's going to be available as far as with uh, COVID issues. Uh, it may just be game time when you have to look out on there in pregame warmups and see who's uh, playing for the Hogs. Uh, as far as, you know, looking at coming into this game, I, I, I'm kind of worried that Arkansas is wearing down. Um, 
you know, we just, we didn't have a lot of depth to begin with. That's one of the things, you know, Pittman was going to have to work. The recruiting was going to have to be uh, obviously bringing in guys and uh, getting players besides, the, you know, the start of 22. Then you've got COVID issues. You've got injury issues. Um, so it just seems like the defense especially is uh, not in a good spot. And, you know, LSU, one thing they can do, they didn't do it against Auburn, but they've been off three weeks. Uh, they can score. Uh, even without Miles Brennan, I think they've, you know, Johnny's alluded to it, and they've got a lot of weapons. Uh, certainly a lot of good athletes there that can play. And, uh, I, you know, and we've seen with teams that have had these long, prolonged breaks, they've seemed to come back in pretty good shape, not rusty at all. Uh, just look at, uh, Wisconsin, you know, they'd been off three weeks, came back and uh, looked like they hadn't missed a beat. Uh, in the NFL, we've seen a couple teams like Tennessee when they were off for a while. They came back, first game back, was really sharp. So uh, I, I think we're going to get a, a good effort out of LSU. I don't think we're going to get an LSU team that's uh, down or struggling. I think we're going to get their best shot on Saturday. You make a good point, Jimmy G. It's one I hadn't really thought about. You know, we didn't start play until September 26th, and we've we're, this is we're now about to play our eighth conference game in about nine weeks. I think we've had one week off. I think that's right. So I mean, that's you know, that's an SEC season normally, and then you know, you've got a couple weeks usually sprinkled in to kind of get well. You know, some of your get well games when you you know you hope to have the, the starters off the field in the third middle of the third quarter. So I, I think it's a good point about us wearing down. I mean, we you know. Eight SEC games in nine weeks is that's that's pretty rough, man. You don't have a lot of time to 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 recover and, and nurse the you know the sore hammies and the bruised ribs and all that stuff. I, I, that's actually I didn't thought about. By the that. way, with Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, and LSU now on that schedule. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's that's pretty pretty damn brutal. I mean that's I hadn't really thought about it the way Jimmy G said. He makes a good point. I mean. We basically played in a whole SEC season in, you know, what, 50, you know, geez, 60 days. I mean, it's, it's crazy. All right. Well, with that, let's turn it over to Jimmy G to take us through the picks and we can have some more Arkansas LSU discussion when we get there. All right. Um, well, last week was uh, pretty uh, predictable. Uh Patrick, myself, Johnny, all went five and zero. We don't need to remind the listeners what Tom Logan went for, and uh, it didn't work out. Uh, so uh, Tom went three and two. Um, the overall standings over five hundred. Uh, over five hundred. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's slow your roll there, Tom. You you had Michigan and Arkansas winning, so let's not get too cocky. Um, so. Uh, I mean, I was trying to be nice until you had to pop in, but uh, we'll remind the listeners, Michigan, uh, you had Michigan winning. So uh, that's enough. Uh, Patrick leads at uh, 20 and 10. Um, Then uh, there's some uh, lighting issues to Studio Jimmy G here. Uh, I believe (laughs) I am 19 and 12, uh, something like that. Tom is a half game up on Johnny. Uh, Tom is 14 yes. and 11, and Johnny's 14 and 12. 
uh, in the loss column. Half game as the all important loss column. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a weird number of games, like trying to follow the baseball schedule in mid-August. Like teams have played all sorts of different numbers of games. So, uh, anyway, I, I, I'm tempted, though, to go ahead and deduct Logan, like, three losses for the Michigan pick. Uh, he was round- – <laughs> and that's not after the fact. We roundly criticized him on air uh, for that pick. And um, we do season-end awards. I, that's the front-runner for worst pick of the year. So, uh, you got that going for you, Tom. Let's see what you can do tonight. Uh, all right. So, uh, we're going to – at least unless I get overruled by our fearless host and uh, first-round NBA draft pick, uh, Patrick Williams. Um, I, I didn't do sleeper game because we've had so many – there's like 10 or 11 games already postponed. And so uh, – Yeah, I think that's that's I, smart. Unless you just want – Really tough to find one. Okay. All right, well, we're going to uh, – well, curveball is some really a uh, couple. Finally, last week was the first time, and I don't remember how many years that there was no ranked versus ranked matchups um, on a Saturday. So this week we do uh, get some uh, ranked matchups, but one that we don't get is our Pac-12 game of the week: uh, USC visiting Utah. Um, the Utes may be the main challengers to USC in the South after the Trojans have pulled out two. Uh, uh, almost miracle wins over the Arizona schools to stay undefeated. But they're going to Utah, who did not play last week. Um, so, uh, should be well-rested, and hopefully everybody's healthy and uh, available. I'm, I don't know what their situations are right now. But uh, USC at Utah. Uh, Johnny, what do you got here? Boy, you know, this is this brings back the old days of uh, Pac-12 after dark. I think this kicks off 9.30 uh, Central Time uh, in Salt Lake City. So this is going to be for you uh, for you guys that don't uh, hit the sauce during the day. For those of us that do, uh, this game might be a little fuzzy. Um, God, USC has been so damn lucky this year. They've gotten some of the most miraculous wins, um, you know, taking care of business last week. You know, to to you know what Jimmy G said, maybe their other um, uh, challenger in the South, ASU, uh, they just kind of pulled it out of the fire. So, you know, uh, think what we'll see this week is is USC uh, taking on uh, a Utah team. It's uh, Utah is a two and zero, and are they two and zero? I think they're two and zero. I know Trojans have, have won two. I'm going to take USC. I think their luck just keeps on rolling. Uh, I think they go into Salt Lake City and pull off the upset. I think they have a little bit more better talent. They'll take the Trojans' final score, 34-27. Uh, um, I'll go next. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, Utah, I'm, I think USC is a three-point favorite on the road. Um, that, that worries me a little bit. Uh, I, I haven't been super impressed with USC. I Granted, I haven't seen a ton of them. I, I flipped it over when that game was close in the fourth quarter and saw a little bit of their game with Arizona. And then I had a, uh, saw maybe a half of their game with Arizona State with that early kickoff um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I, I don't know. They, they seem to be pretty inconsistent. I mean, Slovis is still there at quarterback. Um, he's a good young player. 
they obviously got talent at USC, but you know, it's Clay Helton still on the sidelines and somehow they're two and oh with two late game wins. I think their luck runs out against Utah. I think uh the Utes will uh play turnover free football, keep USC's offense off the field. Uh, quite a bit, and I think in the fourth quarter, the uh, USC will be the team that makes a mistake this week. And uh, I'll say Utah wins thirty-one to twenty-eight. Utah. Hey, one one other thing, Jimmy G, that I remember reading about this game is that the the temperature at kickoff. I think they're saying it's supposed to be below freezing. I don't think they're calling for any snow, but it's going to be a uh, be a cold night in Salt Lake City. Little Southern California kids. Oh, like good uh, good info, and uh, I'm. Well, but Utah is like 80% Polynesian players, so let's, uh, they may not like it either. Um, so, uh, um, I do hope there's some snow, though, because Patrick Williams promised me a snow game in the Palouse last Saturday night, and that did not pan out. So, uh, I'm still mad at uh, a resident meteor- uh, meteorologist and then host, Patrick Williams, because uh, Patrick, the, I'm still waiting for the snow to fall in uh, Pullman. Um, Tom, what are your thoughts? Utah, USC. Yeah, it should be a great game. Um, I didn't know that about the cold. I'm not sure it, it fundamentally changes anything. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I'm going to go with Utah. Um, they're at home, got a week off. USC has been living dangerously, beating a couple of lesser Arizona squads. Um, I think they come up against a workmanlike Utah team, knows how to win, um, and I think they got enough talent to do it. So I'm going to go with Utah, 27-24. Patrick? Yep. Uh, Utah's the pick. Johnny kind of stole my thunder or stole my freeze um, <laughs> to use use the term of art there. Um, I was going to mention the weather. Uh, Johnny did not mention the altitude in Salt Lake. Oh. could be a factor for the seacoast-dwelling <laughs> Trojans. So what, what is the, what's, get, the, what, what's the altitude in Salt Lake City, Patrick? Uh, high. It's, there's mountains <laughs> and, and things. Uh, there's 1,600 stuff. feet. <laughs> it's like being on top uh, of Mount Gaylor, uh, Johnny. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, on Mount the, the Google uh, box I, tells me it's forty-two hundred and twenty-six feet, so not as yeah, it's almost Whoa. a mile. It's not quite, not quite mile high stadium, but you know, hey, it's. I know it's higher than Los Angeles, so <laughs> I'm confident in that. Uh, but no, I, I think Jimmy G, especially, I think Utah or USC's Lux's going to run out here this is a tough place to play it's been a house of horrors for usc over the years remember that one i can't remember how long ago it was a few years four or five years ago when very highly rated usc team went in there and just got whooped um against a a decent utah team so i think utah is the pick here um i don't know kind of a utah-ish game 28 to 13 Okay. All right. Um, so now let's dive into a ranked uh, versus ranked matchup, uh, probably for the, the uh, Big Ten West spot in the Big Ten title game. Uh, Wisconsin visits Northwestern. Um, <clears throat> everybody uh, believes in Wisconsin except Tom Logan. Um, 
And then there's uh, Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald still, still cranking out winning teams all these years later. Um, I think he went straight from being a player to a coach, the head coach at Northwestern. So uh, he's been there a long time. He was uh, a player coach. Northwestern, a big win over uh, big win over Purdue uh, last Saturday that uh, some of us may have had something riding on just for entertainment purposes, of course, uh, that didn't pan out well. But uh, Wildcats and Darren Ravel, who will be uh, probably in attendance, um, against the Badgers. Patrick, we'll go right back to you, our Big Ten expert, to give us a live look at an early preview of the Big Ten title game, probably. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, you know, Northwestern, I'm going to echo something. I mean, a participant There you go. I was going to say, wait a minute. Um, going to kind of echo a lot of what I thought about USC and what other people on the pod said, just kind of living dangerously, Northwestern. I mean, they've been good. Don't get me wrong. They've they beat the dog out of Maryland, which is looking more and more like an outlier. Um, kind of had a comeback against Iowa as Iowa stalled out in the second half. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them, but regardless, I think Wisconsin is better. And, you know, does it stay close playing at Northwestern? I don't know. I think Wisconsin's going to do what they're going to do. I think Northwestern may slow them down, but they're not going to stop them. Uh, Wisconsin's just built to go in there and win a game like this and control the ball, control the time of possession. Um, you know, 31 to 17, Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. I'm going to – I'll take Wisconsin too. They're just – they're better than Northwestern, and, and they're not a team that's going to do the things that uh, usually happens when Northwestern pulls these upsets. Uh, Wisconsin's not going to try anything weird. They're not going to – uh, change their game plan. They're just going to go in, uh, stick to what they do, and they're not going to give Northwestern any fluky scores or any special teams uh, touchdowns or anything like that. So they're going to make Northwestern beat them, you know, over 60 minutes, and I don't think Northwestern's equipped to do that. So I'll say Wisconsin 34, Northwestern uh, 14. Johnny? You know, I don't even have to tell you what team I'm talking about here, but I'll give you a couple stats. One of these teams is number one in run defense, number one in scoring defense, number one in time of possession. Which team am I talking about? Wisconsin Badgers. You don't even have to look. They, they run the football. They, they stop you from running. They, they milk the clock. They just wear you down, shorten the game. That said, Northwestern's been pretty damn good against the run so far themselves. They've been a really good defensive line, haven't been giving up any, any gas running plays. So I think this is going to be kind of a slobber knocker stink fest uh, in the trenches, old Big Ten, steel gray sky. Um, you know, and I think Wisconsin wins the game, but closer than the experts think. Ooh. I think it's about a seven-point spread. I think they barely hold on. I think this is a really competitive, hard-fought, in-the-trenches, slobber-knocker, uh, snot-bubble game. Uh, but I take Wisconsin final score, kind of a Schwamm score, 23-19. to 
You there? Uh, my turn. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> your yeah. screen picture's frozen. All right, I, I, I'm ready. Uh, you know, I've, you know I've, I've been on the Wisconsin bandwagon from the beginning. Uh, I've never, <laughs> never doubted them. Uh, I'm, certain, I'm certainly not going to start with Northwestern. Uh, I understand that they may have a good defense when they're facing the likes of, you know, Maryland and their three-headed monster running back attack or Iowa and the, um, you know, first quarter bonanza and then the uh, desert for the last three quarters. That's not the case when they face uh, the Whiskey Badgers. Uh, Wisconsin comes to town and uh, you got trouble. Uh, I mean, I think I've, I've said that from the beginning. Um, and I'm not, as I said, not going to stop. Uh, I'll scream it from the mountaintops. These guys are good. Uh, I love Wisconsin. They're going all the way to the Big Ten title game where they'll get decimated by Ohio State. But before that, they're going to roll, and they're going to roll this weekend 42-10. to 10. Uh, I'm just interested in this. Does uh does Maryland really have a three-headed running back attack? I'm not sure. That was the that's what I took away from Tom's analysis. I didn't know Maryland had a three-headed running back attack. And oh, I don't know much yeah. about Maryland football. It's uh it's impressive. All three of them. <laughs> um, I'm sure they do have three running backs on their team. I'm not going to doubt that. Um, all right, Bedlam, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Uh, OU is to the surprise of nobody around the country and probably to the chagrin of most people around the country has uh, wormed their way back into the Big 12 race uh, because there is no like dominant team in the Big 12. And so when you lose two games to start the season in Big 12 play, if you start running the table, you're going to be right back in the mix. Uh, against one of the teams they need to beat to make sure they can get in there is uh, Oklahoma State, uh, the Cowboys have one Big 12 loss. Um, and the other Big 12 uh, slots right now are like between Iowa State and Kansas State, who also played this week. So, Bedlam, Saturday night, ABC, primetime. Uh, Patrick. Um, I'm going to go OU. I don't, I don't love the pick. Um, I just feel like maybe they've got a little bit of momentum going. Um, Oklahoma State's good. At least, you know, as good as Oklahoma State kind of gets. It just seems like Oklahoma always has something here to bring to this game that that puts them over the top. So I'm going to pick the Sooners. Again, don't feel great about the pick, but, um, you know, maybe a, a 41 to 38 type final score. Tom? Um, yeah, I'm going to go you. A lot, the same reasons as Patrick, really. I, you know, uh, this we've seen this this show before. Uh, OU stumbles a couple of times and then makes their way back uh, with a late season run. And it normally involves uh, beating uh, usually, a, a, you know, last, what, 10 years or so, a highly 
not highly, but maybe a, a, a team that has a an Oklahoma State team that may have a game on them in the in the uh, standings or something like that. And I don't I don't particularly love this Oklahoma State team. I think they're fine, um, but I don't think they're one of Gundy's better teams. Um, and so I'm I'm just going to go with history here. And history tells me Oklahoma wins. Uh, Oklahoma. 35 34. Johnny. Well, it seems like a perfect opportunity because I know what Jimmy G is going to do. So I'm going for the double up to catch up, go pokes. Uh, you know, you can't disagree with anything that's been said. You know, Oklahoma's been serviceable, you know, been pretty good defensively at times, uh, shaky at times. Um, you know, and if, if the quarterback situation at OU is more – I'm not – settled is not the right word because Spencer Rattler is their, their guy. But if he was more consistent, not prone to making errors because due to his youth, um, I, I'd probably go OU. But I think he's going to make some mistakes. Um, you know, his first big bedlam as a as the starting quarterback, uh, I think he's going to get put in a few situations where he's going to make some errors and Oklahoma State capitalizes. Um going to be a shootout i mean most big 12 games are there's not a lot of defense played in that late not a lot of defense played in college football period anymore it seems but um certainly the big 12 historically hasn't i think OU or oklahoma state had just does just enough to get it done maybe a late turnover uh to seal it i'm gonna take uh, oklahoma state final score 38 31 uh uh yes uh i will pick ou um, I wouldn't want to get the uh, draw the eye. You're contractually obligated. Uh, yeah, and I don't want Friday night guy to try to hunt me down if I'm sitting here uh, picking against OU and Bedlam. Um, so, uh, but ob- objectively, I, I do think OU's probably the better team this year. And I, I agree with Tom. This is an Oklahoma State team that had a lot of high expectations. You even heard playoff talk coming into the year and. This is not one of his two or three best teams at Oklahoma State. They're they're okay. Um, their defense is really good. It may be one of his top – I would say maybe his second best defense he's had since he's been there, um, since Gundy's been at, in, as the head coach in Stillwater. But their offense is not as good as it's, it usually is under him. Um, they have some good play. Obviously, Chuba Hubbard, a great running back, the um, quarterback after coming back from injuries is uh, good. So they have weapons. It's just, it's not clicking for them on offense. And uh, they blew the game against Texas in Stillwater. I, I I don't, I think Rattler is, yeah, he made some key mistakes in the uh, two games. They definitely should have won one of them. They probably, they don't, not dominated, but they controlled both games against Iowa state and Kansas state. And that, that was when Rattler, especially the K state game made a lot of key interceptions um, that probably cost that game. And then Iowa State game, the defense, it just got away from them. And so in the fourth quarter, which OU trademark under Riley when they lose games. So um, I don't think that's going to happen Saturday night. Uh, Rattler is seeming to get a little bit better, though. This will be the biggest game he's played in since those early season uh, tussles. So we'll see if that pays off when he gets into pressure situations. 
And Oklahoma State, does, like I said, they do have good defense. I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough and put enough pressure on Oklahoma's defense to cause them to crack, uh, which they're prone to do. Um, so I like OU, and I would like them anyway. <laughs> so uh, Sooners, a little bit lower scoring than people think. Uh, OU 30, um, Oklahoma State 20. All right. Uh, and that, that's absurd in a Big Ten game. You say low scoring, it's 30 to 20. So, uh, all right, uh, back to the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana at Ohio State, top ten matchup uh, with Ooh. one team favored by three touchdowns. So, uh, <laughs> rarely get a point for that big matchup. But, uh, so, uh, Indiana keeps shocking the world every week. Uh, they are undefeated, though I will posit they should have one loss, and that's not because of a – they literally have one loss. They did not score that two-point conversion against Penn State. They no chance that guy was in the end zone. Uh, so, but anyway, Ohio State doing what they always do. Though I don't, uh, our panelists may disagree. I don't think this team is, is as good as last year's Ohio State team. But uh, anyway, Ohio State hosting Indiana. I'll go first. Get this out of the way. I like Ohio State. Uh, Indiana has cost me money every single week of the college football season. I've bet against them every single week I've lost. Um, but uh, I'm probably going to stay away on this game. The 20, 20 and a half or 21 points is too much to, to lay anything on. So, But I still like Ohio State. Uh, 42 to – oh, let's go right at the point spread. 42-21 Ohio State. Uh, Johnny. You know, I watched almost that entire uh, Indiana-Michigan State game. And, boy, Michigan State's pretty bad. But uh, Indiana does some good things. Uh, you know, uh, Penix is, is, a, is a serviceable quarterback, can be explosive, had some explosive uh, games this year, and also thrown some key picks. Um, but their defense has played good at times. They're, 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 a, really, they're, they're a good, solid team. Uh, I, I've been impressed that with, with Indiana when I've seen them play. Um, world beaters, no, but, but a good team – it's really trending in the right direction. That said, I think they're about to run into a freaking buzzsaw this week. Um, Ohio State, you know, they, they just – they can out-athlete Indiana at, at, at every single position on the football field. And I think Fields is set to have a huge day. Um, I just think this is a really tough game for Indiana. Uh, Ohio State is the juggernaut. They're going to be rolling. Yes, Indiana's going to be fired up. We know against really talented teams, that's not a long-term strategy to win games. Uh, I, I think it's buzzsaw time uh, for the Hoosiers. Nothing take nothing away from them. They're a good team, you know. Gonna got a great uh, future for them this year to have a really good successful season. But Ohio State's just at the next level, and I think they're gonna gonna really see that this weekend. Ohio State, I think, like Jimmy CG said, they're three touchdown favorites. I think they cover. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Ohio State 45 to uh, 17. Tom? Uh, going to go with Ohio State. I, I do um, I do think Indiana is, is a good solid – I agree that they're a good solid football team, probably a, a top 20 team. Uh, I actually think they're going to be – uh, in the game at halftime and uh, probably a little hard to fade at the end. Um, I think they're going to hang around those teams. They, they've, 
you know, they kind of just hung around that Penn State game. And uh, obviously Penn State is, has turned out to be a little bit of a disappointment this year. But um, but nonetheless, uh, Indiana is, has played well. I think they're going to be – they're going to be in the game for a half, maybe even three quarters. If they just don't have enough horses to ultimately prevail. I think Ohio State, you know, I don't think they're going to be as sharp as, as they may otherwise be. Uh, they still see Indiana um, on the jersey, and they're probably not going to be as pumped up. So, anyway, all that to say that they'll win it. It's, I think they, I think Indiana does cover. Uh, I go forty-two to twenty-eight, Ohio State. Patrick, yeah, not not going to be tempted here. Indiana's a great story. Y'all have covered it well in your analysis. I just don't think they've got enough to beat Ohio State this year. Um, glad to see them doing well. You know, it'll be fun to see where they end up in a bowl game and what their matchup is, but. They're not winning the Big Ten. They're not going to play in the Big Ten championship game. So, um, Ohio State rolls. Uh, I'm going to, gosh, 38 to 24. Okay. Um, all right. Arkansas LSU, uh, Fayetteville, 11 a.m. kick. Um, uh, with the crowds that we've typically had the last couple of years at 11 a.m. games and uh, with the COVID restrictions this year, it'll feel really familiar uh, to the players that are the holdovers. Um, probably about the same size crowd as normal for 11 a.m. kick and fable over the last five years. Uh, LSU, like we talked about in our preview, question mark, what's uh, is their motivation going to be like? What are they going to? Uh, come in here with what kind of preparation uh, three weeks off will they be sharp and ready to go after fall camp or will Orgeron completely lost his team and they will be <clears throat> ready to load up the bus as soon as the game starts uh, Arkansas you don't know about uh, COVID issues uh, if that one player happens to be Felipe Franks um, <laughs> it's going to be a long night or a long after long early morning or late morning and early afternoon um you just don't know yet. Uh, so, uh, I'll go first. I, as I kind of alluded to in my game preview, I, I just think some of the momentum of this season is kind of slipping away, and through no fault of uh, the coaching staff or our players, it's just the the lack of depth and um, things are. And now with COVID issues coming up, it's just going to be a hard ask. And I think LSU with three weeks off is going to be well rested. Uh, definitely going to come with their best effort. Um, after being away for that long and also kind of wanting to make uh, some kind of a statement about, you know, they're, they're not quitters and, they, you know, they're still going to play this season out and try to get some wins here. Uh, otherwise, if that's not the case, then they've got bigger problems in Baton Rouge. And they do have bigger problems, but uh, we're not going to get into the off-field stuff, which came out this week. But uh, anyway, I, I, I think LSU gets it done uh, close, most of the game, it pulls it out in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm going to go LSU 34, Arkansas 28. Sure. Who'd you call it? 
Patrick, yes. Uh, going back and forth on this throughout the pod, I'm just I'm having a hard time. I agree a lot with what Jimmy G said. Um, tough ass COVID issues are really, really scary for the Hogs. The three weeks off for LSU. Um, the momentum thing, I think a great point. I just, if we're going to win that one down the stretch, it's probably this game. Um, you know, go on the road to Columbia, that's God knows, and, and we're not beating Alabama more than likely. So I just don't see this team going 0-4 to close out the season. I'll be I'll be kind of disappointed with that. So I'm going to pick the Hogs here. Um, not sure that it's going to happen. It's a heart more than a head pick. Um, kind of like a Tennessee get down, get dominated in the first half, but – uh, make just enough plays in the second half to to win 23-20 um, Razorbacks. Tom? And this is, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what Jimmy G said. Uh, it really – it feels like it's going to go one of two ways. It's It's going to be – either LSU just is done for the year or they're going to come out with a, it's a brand new season mentality. And um, um, it's just impossible to know really which way that's going to go. You know, they're going to be fresh. Uh, they certainly got plenty of time to prepare. Although I don't think that necessarily is going to be a dispositive issue. Um, but uh, gosh, mm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll go with Arkansas just just because um, I, I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my with my hope and my heart and say that LSU is done for the year and they're gonna come out flat and this is just the the last in a long line of disappointments for them this year and so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go. Uh, we go Arkansas 35 to 17. All right. Um, so uh, this week, uh, for our listeners under the age of 21, you might want to uh, tune out right now because our sponsor for uh, Johnny's pick this week is Weedeker Wine Cellars. Uh, oh, Weedeker oh, 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 oh. uh, putting out some of the uh, the nicest and uh, uh, most robust Arkansas wines. Robust. Uh, the wonderful, yeah, the wonderful restaurant on site uh, for some of the Great best German food those. in the state of Arkansas. Um, uh, John, Johnny, will be happy uh, if you mention Johnny Fable's name at Weedeker, a ten percent discount on all wine tours. Um, that includes uh, Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Yeah, and, the, uh, and, the bouquet of Weedeker I've, I've read in Wine Spectator uh, comes from the constant exhaust fumes from I-40 <laughs> wafting over the hills up in there, up into the, the grapevine. Oh. So it's kind of the unique uh, I-40 exhaust from the trucks that uh, gives it its bouquet. Mm. That is good. And uh, along with that tour, um, it, again, mentioning Johnny's name, uh, free uh, strudel. 
at the end of the Strudel. Love Strudel. So, uh, uh, anyway, I, I think that they even, um, the Johnny Fable special, uh, you can get. But, Johnny, I'll let you tell the, the listeners oh. about the Johnny Fable oh. special. Well, if you order a schnitzel, you get a free strudel. If you mention uh, Jimmy G and uh, Johnny Fayetteville, uh, schnitzel uh-huh. and, and red onions. And, oh, that's just good eating. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> you know, Jimmy G, <laughs> Jimmy G made a good point, man. He really did. Uh, if, if, if Frank's has got COVID, we're going to lose. Um, pretty much any other position, even we've had some linebackers out at times and played okay. You know, but if we have if, if Frank's is not playing, we're going we're going to lose, um, and we just don't know. And uh, for, uh, you know, um, Pittman's played pretty pretty close to the best on on that, and hasn't really said. I mean, we we've heard we've had COVID issues. What the hell that means? They're not really saying. Um, so we we only go with what we know. And right now, as far as you know, we, he's, uh, Frank's is going to play. Um, and if he does, I think we have a good chance of winning. I mean, I think we've developed, we're developing some real consistency on offense. Our statutorily mandated, as Patrick pointed out, uh, 24 to 32 points. We went a little over that last week. So maybe we've, uh, we've broken out of that statutorily mandated uh, point uh, area. And I think 30, 30, 35 points might be enough to beat uh, LSU. They, they just have a lot of questions. You know, their quarterback situation's unsettled. They've lost a lot. Their chemistry has not been good at all. Um, and, and I, I think that we, we, as long as we're not decimated by COVID, especially at, at the quarterback position, I think we see, and I don't, you know, we, we look at this as, like I think Patrick said it best, as a, as a really good chance to get a win and get us close to that five and five record um, that, that, that we would really, God would have been a miracle at the beginning of the year. So I, I like our chances in this game as, as long as we're at close to full strength. I think we have more uh, options to, to run and, and, and throw the football. Right now we're developing that depth. Losing Davion Warren will hurt. Um, not to foreshadow the mailbag, but Trey Knox has got to get his butt on the field and produce something. Uh, I don't know where he's been. I don't know what's going on. But there is a spot there for somebody to step right in and play and get some big minutes. Hopefully he'll do it. Um, I like the Hogs. Uh, final score, 31-24. All right, um, and uh, as much as we clown on Logan because he deserves it for the Wisconsin Michigan pick, uh, credit with credit, credit to do. Not only did Tom's Masters pick uh, finish ahead of all our picks, Tom's Masters pick actually won the Masters. So, um, <laughs> congratulations, Tom, uh, Dustin Johnson with the W, uh, and Patrick Williams, Lee Westwood. What a what a great side! First day up near the top of the leaderboard. Um, <laughs> Just tremendous, tremendous golf uh, all last weekend. So uh, from, from out of the field per Jimmy G to top of the leaderboard, the Lee Westwood story. Well, first of all, let's not get carried away with top of the leaderboard, but sure, on the leaderboard, yes, for a little bit. Well, thank you, Jimmy G. And and before you leave, because I know you're you're probably maxing just like we all are. <clears throat> after finishing the barn burger that was Ball State, uh, Northern Illinois, mm. <clears throat> I've now flipped over to Eastern Michigan and Toledo on CBS Sports Network, who literally look like they're playing on the moon. The field <laughs> is dust gray. And it's not my TV because Eastern Michigan has on green uniforms. <laughs> the field, it's like 
the Boise State field except devoid of pigment. It looks like it was filmed. It, it looks like it was filmed. It, it looks like it was filmed in black and white, and they colorized all the players. <laughs> the it's like Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> Unbelievable! What is that going is the on? Weirdest looking thing. My God! Well, if, as if uh, I, Ipsilanti or wherever it is I, needed I to look any worse. Yeah, I'm watching Central Michigan and Western Michigan. So sorry, I'm not. Well, with the Saturdays are for the boys, Wednesdays are for the action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that uh, Ball State Northern game was pretty good at the end. It was got a little wacky. <laughs> All oh, right, Joji, thank you. Thank you as always, uh, Tom Logan. We have mail. Uh, yes, we do, Patrick. Um, a uh, relatively uh, short mailbag uh, today. I think most people probably still licking their wounds from the game this past weekend. Uh, our old friend FNG, who was alluded to earlier by Jimmy G, oddly enough, um, notes that he's been busy at work, but he did have time to give a shout-out to Jimmy G. Uh, he wanted to make sure that Jimmy G had seen uh, arch-rival Fayetteville High's uh, goof at the end of the uh, Central Fayetteville game that um, that made it on to uh, Monday Night Football's Come On Man segment, uh, actually. And, and uh, when the Fayetteville High quarterback snapped the ball a little early and took a knee a little earlier, early and uh, Central was able to capitalize with a field goal there to win it and not – Payable out of the uh, playoffs and and send the uh, Central Arkansas Little Rock Central Tigers to the next round. So uh, um, don't know if Jimmy G saw that, um, but FNG wanted to make sure uh, he did. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I didn't get to. I mean, it, it's pleasant, but I didn't enjoy it as much since Springdale uh, lost 66 to 21 to Conway in their playoff game. So, uh, yeah, funny for Fayetteville, but when your team gives up 66 points in the state playoff game, it takes some of the uh, shine off of good laughing at your uh, arch rivals this morning. Uh, very true. Very true. Our friend Tracy in Tulsa wrote in, um, and his question was just as uh, Johnny alluded to. Um, where in the world is Trey Knox? Uh, and he notes it wouldn't have mattered versus Florida, but having another offensive option might matter over the final three games, especially uh, uh, given uh, Devion Warren uh, is out. Uh, yeah, no, I tell you what, he's been a mystery. I think he may have what one catch on the year early in the early in the season, maybe first game. Uh, a guy who was, but you know, a budding star. In year one of the Chad Morris uh, era, or was that year two? I guess him and Burks came in, I think, at the same time. So, yeah, he's a, he's a real mystery. I don't know what's going on with uh, Trey Knox. Seems to have all the tools. It seemed like when Pittman came in, as I remember, there was um, there was talk that maybe we were going to lose him. He was going to transfer, and then he ultimately stuck around to uh, a lot of happiness in Razorback land, but, but now you just got to wonder what, what's going on. Uh, and, and if things don't change, it's hard to see he has a future on the team. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard any, 
whispers or I haven't heard anything anything. either, but doesn't it kind of feel like he got in Browse's doghouse early? Um, I don't know. You know, it can be anything on with that kind of new relationship, not running routes hard enough or not showing up for summer conditioning. I mean, you just never know what's going on under the hood. Um, especially when a guy thought about leaving. So that's kind of what that has a feel like. It can all be remedied if, if he has got his mind right and plays hard, I think, when he's get, gotten this opportunity. Yeah, I think you're, hey, you're probably right. I hadn't seen him. I didn't see him on the field very much. Yeah, he um, hadn't. Yeah, it's not like he's been out there not getting targeted. I, I just haven't seen his number on the field. Yeah. That's what makes me think it's a it's a personality thing. You yeah, know. Probably so. But that's the mailbag tonight, uh, Patrick. Back to okay. You. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that very much. And um, again, watching Eastern it looks like they tried to replace their field. It's not a color thing. It's they've got green end zones yeah, and terrible. a gray field. It's bizarre. Sorry, I keep harping on this. Uh, time for rants. Anybody got a rant they want to lead off with? No? Um, you know, uh, I will say the the commercials really haven't gotten to me this year. Fansville's been toned down. Haven't seen too much, uh, too much Fansville, although there's the one where the guy gets arrested and uh, that one's starting to get on my nerves a little bit. The other one, as I uh, have commercial OCD, I, I don't like the uh, are you answering my text in person car commercial. That one's starting to get a little too much play for me. Where the guy shows up at his buddy's house and says, LOL, come on in. That's uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you what brand of car it is or what I just uh, I know I'm tired of that commercial that one needs to be refreshed but other than that I'm I'm pretty mellow Um, getting a little tired of the assorted scrubs on the SEC network that seem to draw all of our games Um, I think this last time the guys weren't at the game I, I couldn't tell it looked like they were in some sort of studio arrangement um but it's, it's so hard to tell these days. You just don't know what's going on with the announcers and whether they're physically present or not. So that's kind of my two nitpicky things for the week. Anybody have anything else? Um, not really a rant, just a scheduling quirk. It, it seems like all season and for like every season uh, <clears throat> that you can remember, Arkansas – seems to always they move our game opposite whatever uh the big national game of the week is so i mean you know was it two weeks ago uh we're playing tennessee at the exact same time the notre dame clemson games going on uh this week we play our first 11 a.m game what's the top 10 what's the only matchup between two top 10 teams 11 a.m ohio state and indiana so it just seems like going all the way back to the year that Alabama and LSU played in that game of the century in Tuscaloosa and we were ranked in the top 10 and South Carolina was ranked in the top 10. What did they do? Game at the same time. 
which affected a rule change. The SEC had <clears throat> windows then where you couldn't have match prime time got its own like I don't know how they did it. But there's some kind of window rule now. You can't have a, a game opposite the CBS game, but I, which seems uh, maybe it's out the window because that game's at two thirty. There's always a three o'clock SEC Network game, but maybe it's by ranking. I don't know, but uh, it just seems like Arkansas always plays at the exact same time as a big national game with teams you don't get to see all the time. So it's just a more of a scheduling quirk than a rant. Right. Well, you've definitely been on that. You've noted it many times. Okay. Well, good pod. Uh, hopefully we'll, our unease about the LSU game will be settled to our favor on Saturday. And so with that, we'll sign off for the evening. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back to you next week.